Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, my guest is Chris Goward. He's the founder and CEO of Wider Funnel. Uh, welcome to the show, Chris. Great. Thanks, Tim. Great to be here. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know Chris, he's a, a, a published author uh, as well as a frequent speaker on, at online marketing events all over the world and has spoken at our conversion conference, always well received there. Um, you know, Chris, you run a, um, a testing, a landing page testing agency out of Vancouver area. Um, tell us about uh, the kind of work you do with clients. Right. So, so yeah, Wider Funnel is a specialist conversion optimization agency. All we do is uh, work with high-traffic companies to create conversion optimization strategy and continuous rapid iterative testing. So typically we're working with companies on an ongoing basis as an outsourced conversion optimization arm. And that's all we've been doing since 2007, uh, using the insights to create frameworks and methodologies to uh, continuously improve the optimization process. Well, you know, and one of the things that I know is uh, top of mind for you as well as for us and is a very popular topic at the conversion conference is mobile. Uh, you know, everyone keeps talking about the year of mobile and next year is the year of mobile. I think actually 2011 or 12 was the year of mobile. So we're, anyone not on that train, it's already left the station, right? I think it's finally here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you're still thinking about your mobile strategy, um, you, you you better get on it. So, but uh, specifically with regard to testing, I mean, let's let's talk about. It. I mean, we we got comfortable for many years or a decade and a half there with doing things on the web, assuming we had a large screen. Uh, mobile's just completely turned everything on its head, hasn't it? It really has, and you know, I think uh, a lot of marketers actually surprisingly, you see, you know. The year of mobile was 2011. I think that's true from a con- consumer perspective. People, you know, smartphones were out. People, the critical mass was hit. And now right. mobile phones and mobile devices are more than 50% of, of, of usage on the web. And so, yeah, it's here. And yet for marketers, for a lot of marketers, it hasn't yet. You know, a lot of websites still aren't mobile friendly. And, and certainly if they are, or, or, you know, air quotes, mobile friendly, they're not really. They're not mobile shopper friendly. And it, it, because it's such a different discipline, people have to be so much more disciplined on what you communicate on mobile. And the interfaces are different. The user experience is different. The interactions are completely different. And so yeah. we're still just discovering as an industry what works in mobile. Okay, well, let's talk about context and look at it from the perspective of, of the visitors. How is me looking at a website on my mobile phone different than me looking at it uh, on my laptop or desktop at work? Right, and you, you hit on the word there, uh, it, which is the key. It's all about context. And in a mobile device, it's, a lot of people are still thinking about mobile in terms of devices. Right? They think mobile in terms of the contrast between a phone and a desktop or maybe a tablet. And yet that's not what mobile is. Mobile really is a context. It's, it's a, a, a way of being. When you're mobile, you could have a tablet or a phone or a, a car or a Google Glass or a watch or whatever. There's well, I think Google Glass just got canceled. Thank God we shot that one in the head. But okay. anyway, <laughs> sorry, go on. But yeah, wearables as a, as a, a category. Yeah, I'm sure that, that someone will get it right along the way. Just Google exactly. didn't out of the gate on this one. 
so it's all about context, and and in that context, there are a lot of different restrictions and then uh, on a desktop, right? There's the environmental distractions. Uh, there's there there are people talking to you when you're in a mobile context. There's there's sounds and sights and tastes and things that are smells and things that are are happening in your senses that don't happen when you're sitting in front of a typical desktop laptop experience. And there's distractions. There's and there's different needs. You're in a mobile context. A lot of times you're looking for something location based, location mm-hmm. specific, and it might have a, a higher degree of urgency. So okay, so so then the way that I guess um, so there's the obvious device specific stuff. You have a smaller screen. Mm-hmm. You may not have the same operating system. You need to use your fingers and thumbs to operate. The, you know, and tap on glass, all of that. But but what you're saying is. So it's uh, there's higher degree of distraction. There's higher likelihood that you're doing something that's location based, right? And and I would probably add to that that there's probably increased time pressure. That the more time sensitive things are likely to occur on phones, right? Urgency is much more important, and and also uh, response channel is different. A lot of people might want to. Uh, use a, a phone call to get in touch with you because because of that urgency, they might not trust that you're going to have an immediate online response. What you mean? You mean we shouldn't have them fill out a, a 17 field form with drop downs and radio buttons? <laughs> yeah, unless you're the typical B2B lead gen mobile site, then <laughs> no, not the best idea. Yeah, so so you know, a lot of times what you're saying is the call to action needs to change, and also I think r- realizing uh, what uh, well, for example, I mean, one of the most common thing, commonly used e-commerce features for mobile sites is Store Finder, because when I'm on a phone, I'm maybe looking for the store, not to use your horrid checkout experience to buy something online, right? Mm-hmm. So the response right. mechanism itself, or what my goal is, are different. Exactly, absolutely, and 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 yet most store finders still on mobile devices are terrible. They're you know they the load times crazy when they load a new section of the page, it it jitters and jumps, and it it feels like a lot of web developers on e-commerce stores really don't even use the phone themselves to try and see how this experience actually works, right? Well, but, you know, it's, it's interesting you brought that up because, you know, the thing about the adoption among consumers versus marketers, I do feel that as, as online marketers, we're in a little bit of a rear guard action, you know, we're fighting a defensive battle. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we don't use, uh, we, we like the full flexibility of big screens and doing things like that. We're not uh, your typical consumers in a way. I think you're you're right, and especially in our in a work context, when we're thinking about you know the websites that a, a typical web developer is working on, he or she will be sitting at the desk the majority of the day thinking about the website, not looking at their phone all day thinking about how this website works, and that's just you know might be restricted to a few minutes of QA. Well, they're not getting the full experience by doing that. And yet on the desktop site, there's many more hours of experience sitting there on the screen. So I, I think the personal context when out of the office is different because they're not thinking about work. So it's sort of a structural problem, right? They don't, they don't stumble upon those insights that they might have in their desktop. And they need to have the discipline to actually to build in those unstructured times. Well, so yeah, they, they, they're always focused. They're always in a work mode. They're always assuming they'll have a large screen on. And um, it's the same thing, you know, when I've noticed a bias among graphic designers. They assume everyone has a 30 inch monitor, you know, because they do. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't everybody else, right? Well, and with conversion optimization, even more so, the details are critical. It's, you know, the large concepts are is one aspect of optimization. And that's more about the 
persuasional top end of, of the funnel. But when talking about mobile, a lot of the opportunity is in the bottom end of the funnel, in the transactional end. It's really about the detailed interactions. And there, even minor problems, load speed, tiny interactions, just a word here or there, a few pixels can make a world of difference. And so the, the focus needed to optimize mobile is so much more intense. Yeah, okay, well, we're going to have to take a quick break, and then let's explore a few more of those specifics or maybe come up with some examples after we come back. We'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization, continuing my conversation with Wider Funnels founder and CEO, Chris Goward. Uh, welcome back, Chris. Great. So let's talk about kind of the, the specifics of what people are uh, you know, going to be doing on mobile and whether you know, we're, we're serving them properly. Are people on mobile likely to be early stage or late stage? There's a bias. Well, you know, today... Mobile it covers the spectrum uh, from early to late, and and everyone is on mobile at every stage of the of the purchase now. Now, when uh, it, depending on the category, a lot of times when people are on mobile, they're ready to buy immediately because they have a, an immediate time sensitive need. Uh, but a lot of people also are early stage when they have an idea, have a, a thought, they're ready to go on their mobile and research as well. So we're finding a large spectrum, and uh, that's one of the challenges with mobile experiences, especially landing pages, is they have to provide that context in a very restricted environment. 
Yeah, and uh, so how do we represent that physically? I'd say you'd agree that there's probably uh, not any kind of clear coalescing yet about what mobile interfaces should look like. It's still pretty experimental, right? Right, and that's the opportunity for marketers. I think especially marketers have a lot of traffic to to test really dramatically different interfaces because, yeah, we haven't figured it out yet. We're still optimizing really unique things where we were, you know, 10 years ago in, in desktop. Okay, so let's just uh, well, let's talk about testing for mobile. Obviously, something that's of interest to to, to both of us. Uh, the tools. What's going on in the tool space? How um, how sophisticated are testing tools for mobile? Because a lot of people say, well, yeah, I have this or that software package, and it'll you know let me A/B split test my website. But uh, what kind of accommodations are the tools making for testing on mobile? Well, I think that's where it's exciting this year. You know, the year of mobile may have come and gone, and, and we're still in the, in the increase. I think the year of mobile optimization is really starting because tools now are enabling optimization so much more easily. Um, almost all the testing tools, all the major testing tools now have mobile uh, capabilities, and a lot of them have mobile app capabilities now. Um, mobile app testing is uh, was traditionally restricted and very difficult to test on without pushing new versions of the app. But now, uh, through SDKs or JavaScript, it's actually possible to have testing happening within apps without pushing uh, new versions. Yeah, no, could- that, that's something that I, that I want to kind of expand on for a second and explain to the audience because, uh, yeah, when people are on mobile, they check their email. That's actually the killer app on mobile. That's where they're mm-hmm. checking most of their email, right? They, but they, most of them still are loath to get on the tiny little browser screen because that's not a great experience. So if you have something that's a repeat use like Uber or something like that, most of your contact with them is in the context of the app, right? Right, exactly. And, and up until fairly recently, it was very difficult for marketers to optimize within those apps. But now it's, it's actually quite easy to do. Uh, Optimizely allows mobile app testing. Uh, Artisan is a mobile app testing uh, tool. You can actually just use Google Tag Manager to, to insert some script and get tests running. So it's very possible with a little bit of technical know-how to do that, and that really opens up the possibilities for those types of businesses that rely on apps to generate revenue, which is a yeah, lot of, of app-focused companies. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, that's critical because before things were done at the speed of software, and I don't care how agilely scrumming you are at the moment, but you, know, mm-hmm. you still are tied to software release cycles, staging servers, and everything else. And what, what you're saying is, in many cases, at least the non-functional, the visual presentation parts of the experience can now be handled and tested by marketers independently of that relatively slow pace of software rollouts. Yeah, it's a, it, that's that's the really exciting part. And, and you, waiting for consumers to update their apps is you know like molasses in January. It's just not not going to happen very quickly because people don't like to have their bandwidth taken with updates that they, they don't see important. So this allows us to have the freedom of testing anything anytime with the rapid iteration that's really required for continuous optimization. Okay, now the the kinds of things that uh, you know uh, in in the web world, certain things are important, like segmenting by traffic sources when you're running tests, and um, you're you know obviously audiences from different sources react very differently. Uh, in the web world, there are additional constraints, things like uh, device type and operating system. I mean, there's a notorious gulf between iPhone users and Android users. Can you speak to that and the need to segment? 
Absolutely, yeah. Segmentation is really exciting on mobile because typically we know a lot more actually about their uh, the user. Of course, we have device type, but we also have usage, and we can go back to the age-old methods from direct marketing, which have been here for decades, looking at things like RFM, right? Recency, frequency, monetary value, and you can segment your your audiences based on these three factors of how recently do they purchase, how frequently do they purchase how large are their purchases, and that creates tiers of segments that you can treat differently with different offers and test within those segments. Then there's also the usage, of course, you know, Android and, and OS are, are famously different users uh, and a variety of different segments. What kind of products do they buy, right, indicates who they are. But at, at, at a strategic perspective, there's, there's not just one way of segmenting. A lot of people think of segmentation as just pre-planned segments that you create and implement. But really the other, sometimes more powerful way is to run tests that highlight different value propositions or different approaches and then look in the back end of the tests at the different segments and identify where there are differences in performance. And that can actually reveal which segments are actually important to emphasize rather than trying to guess and pre-plan beforehand. Okay, so that's that's something that that we're telling a lot of our clients to take advantage of. I mean, if you happen to be big enough and have ideally data scientists on staff or outsource it, you can create predictive models. So what you're saying is what we recommend as well, which is you know collect all the data and then sift through it to find clusters of high value types of visitors. And after the fact, you create the models of you know, who's got the most value, and so you can identify those folks ahead of time. So, for example, iPhone 6 users that came back within the last 24 hours have 10 times the value to us than an Android user who hasn't been back in a week. Right, exactly. And predictive models are, are fantastic, of course, and, and, but they're also based on previous usage data, and there has to be some data to pull on. Uh, to, to predict and create. A lot of times marketers are just going in and, you know, uh, thumb in the air saying, well, you know, I'm pretty sure this seems like a good, a good uh, uh, segment because we've done a whole lot of detailed research and developer personas, which are really just <laughs> interesting <laughs> stories that we create yeah. for ourselves as marketers. Hey, you, you and I are on the same page on that. You know, the ad agency personas, you know, exactly. Mid-Market Mary lives in Manhattan and likes to go club hopping on the weekends. I mean, that's total bullshit for selling more ad space. Yeah, ask big agency marketers to create a, a segment, and that's what you'll come up with, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. No, you need more durable roles and tasks. What's their relationship to the site? What's their specific intent when they visit? Uh, we find that to be much more helpful. So user scenarios, I guess, in a nutshell, rather than personas. Uh, okay, so so, but if we're talking about this kind of um, when I meant predictive models, you can you can create clusters again after the fact. So you can look at your mm-hmm. test data to identify your mo- most valuable uh, audiences and which messages you you can get everything all at once. Not only the, your most valuable audience, but what specific presentations of information they're more likely to respond to. Right? Exactly, and and I think it's important that. We look at now my background. I came before we started Wider Funnel. I came from a direct marketing background as well as web development, and so I I worked with for years in creating uh, uh, predictive models for database marketing and direct response marketing. So I'm very into that. I love that that data driven approach. A a lot of times, what I find is there's two different perspectives in marketing. There's the data driven marketers, and there are the sort of more 
brand agency inspirational marketers. And a lot of times the two camps stare at each other across the aisle and are you know, fuming <laughs> and, and, and calling, you know, whatever, slagging each other. But the reality is the best marketers of the future are going to be what I call Zen marketers that embrace the dichotomy, the conflict between the data-driven approach and the inspiration-driven approach. And I think it's important to respect both as really important components to creating well-rounded marketing. It's not all in the data, and it's not all in inspiration, but there's an element of both that's required to create the best optimization strategy. Well, we're, we're going to come back and explore that after our break. But, but first, when we come back, I want to know more about your, your sordid Canadian past, uh, about this <laughs> propensity to play jazz sax and being born near the, the Arctic Circle. Oh, man, <laughs> not, you can't make this shit up. Okay, we'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. My guest this week, Chris Gower, the founder and CEO of Wider Funnel in Vancouver. Chris, you're Canadian, yes. obviously, Vancouver. So, right. okay, how do you get to be a, a jazz player that was born... Here in the Arctic Circle. I mean, what are we talking like reindeer and caribous walking around? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I was born in a place where uh, we had the natives over to uh, have uh, raw frozen caribou on the on a slab of cardboard in the middle of the living room and Yum. have a feast. Fantastic. <laughs> so, and yet, and yet, my uh, biggest affinity is you know when I I sit down in a a bar in New Orleans or Chicago and have good blues playing. Uh, I feel more at home than anywhere else on the planet. So yeah, there's there's a a, a bit of a, an odd mix in there somewhere. 
yeah, so you span worlds from this this postmodern world we live in to the nook of the north, uh, you know, chomping down on uh, reindeer blubber. Hey, uh, you know what? I can fit in anywhere. Give me a <laughs> give me a, a frozen whale eyeball, and I'm I'm all good. Uh, but uh, give me a good barbecue, and I'll I'll handle that as well. <laughs> yeah. By the way, some of the best jazz I ever heard was at the Delta Hotel in Toronto. Just in the in the lobby bar, they had this unbelievable blues band. I have a uh, those of your friends on Facebook, a, a video of that a nice extended eight nine minute, real high nice. quality blues jazz kind of stuff. Well, um, hey, inspiration can happen anywhere, right? Even Toronto. Exactly. Um, oh, I, I don't detect any West Coast Canadian bias in that statement. That's, uh, no, so let's get back to this idea of the grand unifying theory of everything, as it were. Um, okay, how do you get brand people to talk to data driven marketers? I mean, you know, I think I found that the biggest conversation ender is, um, you know, the, somebody popping off with the phrase, that's off brand. Well, Nick, where do you go with that, right? <laughs> Uh, how can you even argue that? Uh, you know, a couple of tips for dealing with the brand side, folks. Yeah, you know, and, and it's what you're getting at really is the cultural component of conversion optimization, which especially in larger companies, the enterprise companies that we work with often is the most challenging part. The, the opportunities for optimization may be very obvious, uh, sometimes not, but the, the culture component can be the biggest barrier to even getting started. And so um, really we, we actually spend a lot of time. It, it seems like there's, a, there's a, an inverse correlation. The, uh, the, the, the larger the company with the acceptance of good marketing practice sometimes. Yeah. So. Well, it's kind of like if you have, a, I guess, um, a giant aircraft carrier. I understand it takes about a, a half a mile to turn that thing around if it wants to make a U-turn. So, you know, right. this, this, big things have bigger momentum, right? Yeah, and, and the biggest opportunity. So it's worth the effort, for sure. Uh, and, you know, I, I actually ended up writing a blog post about that a, a few months ago to help company or help marketing champions, because that's really what's needed in the large companies, is a champion that will put their career on the line, put their neck on the line, say, hey, this is the right way to do our marketing. Let's, you know, I'm going to put my weight behind this. And if it pays off, if it works, the payoff is huge for them. Right, they they're they're heroes, uh, and so I created something: the nine strategies for becoming a marketing optimization champion, and a lot of it is about uh, persuasion. It's really all about creating relationships, getting senior level buy-in, you know, uh, creating persuasion, creating tangible opportunities. Uh, sometimes using expert out outsourced support to to help, uh, you know, bring some credibility and various other tactics that that people can use to become that champion that can really move the organization forward. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you a hundred percent. In fact, um, we have um, a couple of years ago we developed a, a, a practice around enabling companies to become more self-sufficient on CRO and we developed our conversion maturity model and one of the dimensions on it besides of course tools and technology and people and structure is the uh, accountability and measurement but is, is the slowest one to change is the culture and process part. And and that's where we spend a lot of times, and it's and it's a messy business. I'll agree with you, uh, but without some of that high level air cover, nothing will happen. Nothing fundamental will happen. Exactly, and and it was sort of intuitive, I guess, when we started Wider Funnel. Uh, my focus was on productizing this service and and not trying to reinvent it with every client, but 
but really focusing on optimizing the system, the, the process and the methodology that any company can use. Because it turns out, luckily, that's actually the biggest determinant of conversion optimization success is having the right process in place. E-Consultancy did a study on that and found that companies that were doing conversion optimization were twice as likely to report having large increases in sales if they had a rigorous process in place that they stuck to. And yeah. so, and, and you're just talking about it in the fairly kind of clean, well-defined area of of testing, and uh, and I'm in it in a kind of a wider uh, sense also of going to you know the chief marketing officer, the chief information officer, the ones that are figuring out new technology platforms to plug in, the ones that are innovating right at that borderline of marketing and technology. You know, I think uh, Scott Brinker does a great job articulating. Um, the, the the importance of the chief architect, as he calls them. Mm-hmm. Well, optimization is is a, a strategy from that has to happen at the top. And so, when we work with CMOs, we're working on how do we test marketing approaches? How do we test uh, concepts and value proposition? How do we test your approach to the market? Rather than just thinking, you know, I think a lot of mistakes in optimization have been to pigeonhole it as tweaking and tuning small, tiny elements on a page, you know, button colors and headlines. And right. Oh, if, I had a, if I had a nickel for every time I heard, you know, what's the best button color, call to action <laughs> button color, I'd be retired. We wouldn't be talking right now, right? Exactly. But yeah. the, the, the strategy and discipline of, of optimization through testing happens at every level. I mean, when we look at Amazon, I, you know, reading Bezos' biography, he was testing A-B testing shipping methods before the web, you know, was, was nearly what it is today. But it was a strategy. He was testing, he actually was testing different uh, uh, distribution platforms, A-B testing in different cities, different ways of distributing products. Now that's A-B testing, right? Yep. But yeah, it's A-B definitely. testing fundamentally at a strategic level. Right. It's, the, it's at the business model, at the logistics behind the scenes, at how you structure your offerings, all of that stuff. So I think, you know, we could keep, we, I think we just opened up a much bigger can of worms, but unfortunately, we're out of time. So, uh, Chris, I want to thank you again for, for being on the show. Great. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for the invitation. And uh, loyal listeners, we'll see you on the flip side. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.